With the 14th, 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, presented by AAA. Every athlete has a journey. Focus on the game. Let us worry about getting you there. Auto repair, roadside assistance, and auto insurance. Start your journey at AAA.com. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is here. It is our NFL Scouting Combine Preview Edition All right. of the Journey to Draft podcast presented by AAA. I'm Chris McPherson, joined alongside Fran Duffy and Alex Smith. Gentlemen, this is going to be a fun one. I hope you guys have caught your breath because it is going to be rapid fire action here in this podcast. All right. A lot of names to get through. So, shows me a little different for those of you loyal listeners. Our draft buzz is going to be pretty much a position by position preview of who we think will stand out in drills, who needs a good workout, and who are we most anxious to see. Our pick six are players where you have to quote unquote trust the tape. We'll explain what that means a little bit later. And our Mr. Relevant is going to be none other than Phil Savage, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Some great insight into some of the players who performed at the Senior Bowl and who he thinks might help their stock at the NFL Scouting Combine. So, fellas, let's get right into it in Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, Alex Smith has hit the stopwatch, so I don't know how many seconds we're going to have for every single answer, but we're going to go almost position by position. We're not going to do quarterback. We don't have to waste our time with the quarterbacks. We can talk about those. Hallelujah. Yes, we don't have to worry about that. Eagles fans have their guy in Carson Wentz, so let's start with running back. Who will stand out in the drills? To me, I think it's Christian McCaffrey, number one for me, from Stanford, six foot, 205 pounds. I've compared him in the past to Brian Westbrook, a former Eagles great. Really quick, explosive kid. Most importantly, great vision. Love his patience. He's a great receiver out of the backfield, so he'll look good in position drills as well. I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to stand out most amongst the running backs. Yeah, it's hard to argue with you there. I think McCaffrey's going to be great, but I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette, arguably the top running back in this group along with Dalvin Cook, but he just has it all as a running back. A big, powerful runner. He's got the size. He's got the speed. Uh, did have some ankle injuries during his career at LSU, so we'll see if there's any lingering effects, but I really don't think so I think Leonard Fournette's really the guy to watch at running back for me Tennessee's Alvin Kamara explosive versatile I know he's not been a full-time back at the college level but I think the numbers that he will post will help generate some more of that first round buzz who needs a good workout Fran I think the running back from Texas, Deontay Foreman, needs a good workout. Now, Tony Pauline said a couple weeks ago on DraftAnalyst.com that he tipped the scales around 235. He was listed 241 during the season, so he's lost a few pounds, and he's clocking in the low, more, low to mid 4.5s in training. So we'll see what that looks like. If it's a 4.53 in that range, that's below average for a running back. But I do think that at his, from what I saw on tape, that would be an improvement I'm more worried about with Deontay Foreman, the three cone, the shuttles. I want to see his agility and his change of direction. That's more important to me when I look at a running back. But uh, big physical back, I do think Foreman needs to work out well. 
Yeah, and I'm going to go with Davion Smith out of the University of Michigan because I think when you look at him, he does some of the little things very well. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. He's a terrific pass blocker as well. But I want to see, Fran, some of the things that you just mentioned in terms of agility and, and, and quickness and things like that because he's very patient as a runner. He waits for the hole. So I want to see how explosive he can be in kind of those uh, short yard situations right around the line of scrimmage. So I'm looking for Davion Smith uh, to really have a good workout this week. Donnell Pumphrey, San Diego State. Extremely productive, but so small. He's going to need to have very good athletic traits for teams to take a chance on him with that size, mm -hmm. even though he is the all-time leading rusher in NCAA history. Who are we the most anxious to see, Fran? So most anxious to see, meaning like I'm on the fence about what's he going to do. Like I'm, I'm just excited to see what kind of workout we're going to see. From the, my guy is Kareem Hunt from Toledo, a guy that we had Charles Davis on last week on the podcast, and he mentioned how he came in a little bit light the senior bowl. He was listed 213 going into 2015. He was listed at 237 going into his senior year with Toledo. Then he shows up at the senior bowl, and he's 208, like almost 30 pounds lighter than that. Now, Kareem Hunt, really good wiggle. I love his vision. He's a decisive runner. He showed the ability to run through initial contact. I'm very anxious to see how he's going to work out. Tony Pauline, our friend from DraftAnalyst.com, mentioned that he had been hand-timed at 4.39 during workouts. That would be an outstanding time for a guy in Kareem Hunt, who I think has got that contact balance, that ability to run through contact. That would be a really, really interesting time. Yeah, and the running back that I'm most anxious to see is a local guy here in Jihad Thomas out of Temple. And you'll see that Temple's actually a theme for some of my answers going forward here. But Jihad Thomas, I think the knock on him is his size. Does he have the size to break off tackles at the NFL level? Uh, his speed is there. So I just really want to see how he fits in with some of these running backs around him, show off that some of that blazing speed that he has. Uh, so very curious about Jihad Thomas moving forward. For me, a little bit of a man crush alert warning here. Clemson's Wayne Gallman think he's very explosive. Needs to help in pass protection, but to me, I think he'll test well in the drills, and he's got the great size that you want to see in a featured running back. All right, wide receiver, who will stand out in the drills, Fran? John Ross. We, we mentioned him at the very top of the show last week. He ran a 4-2-5 a year ago at spring testing for Washington. He told Emily Kaplan of MMQB a couple weeks ago that he ran a 4-3 flat laser time, so very, very excited to see how high John Ross is able to get this 40-yard uh, data. I think that he's probably the most explosive player in this draft class. Very excited to see him run. Yeah, and I think from a wide receiver perspective, I'm going to go to a guy that Charles Davis mentioned last week, and that's USC wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster because his explosiveness is through the roof. Uh, he was a tremendous athlete, of course, at USC. Really want to see him come out because I think he's the prototype at wide receiver. He's around 6'2", 215. He's got the body. He's got the explosiveness. Let's see him put it all together here in Indy. Everyone is expecting John Ross to put up big numbers, a player who I think will do almost as well and start generating more buzz, especially towards maybe high day two, possibly low end of round one, Carlos Henderson of Louisiana Tech. Paul Turner's former teammate, I'm going to go with him there. So who needs a good workout, Fran? To me, I'm going with D.D. Westbrook, a little bit off the wall, because we expect D.D. Westbrook to run well. We expect him to test well athletically. But why does he need to? Well, because he's got off-the-field concerns he's going to have to answer for. He's got a medical issue he's going to, he's going to have to check through in the medical check. So he needs to have a good workout and he needs to, because he needs all those other things to go right. He can't bring question into the, into the minds of scouts with a bad workout. So I think he needs to have a good workout this week. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Penn State's Chris Godwin here for a guy who yeah. needs a good workout in the sense of this is really a chance for him to prove himself and really elevate his stock. 
Uh, he seems like his stock has been rising, but he can really push himself maybe into that round two category, somewhere around there. We know he can catch the ball in traffic. That's what he does best. That's his trademark. But let's see how he does in some of these other drills. How fast does he run? I think that's very key for Chris Godwin. For me, Air Force's Jalen Robinette, tall vertical receiver. If he could post up some good numbers here, it could help certainly boost his draft stock. So that's a player I'm watching there. Who are we most anxious to see, however, in Indy? Fran? I think there's a ton of receivers on day two that a lot of people are excited about. You've mentioned some of them already. Uh, Chris Godwin comes to mind. And when I watched Godwin, the player that I watched immediately afterwards was uh, from Florida State, Travis Rudolph, 6'1", 192, a little bit, right around the same size as Godwin. Rudolph moves a lot better, and he was a former number one recruit as a receiver, came in, did a lot of the dirty work for the Seminoles, was a special teams guy, was a good blocker. He's more fluid than you would expect most 6'1 receivers, so I'm really, really anxious to see how he will run. He's a great kid off the field as well, so really excited to see how Travis Rudolph tests for a bigger receiver. Yeah, Fran, and I'm really anxious to see Zay Jones in Indianapolis. He's quickly becoming a fan favorite after his performance at the Senior Bowl, both in the game and at practice. During that week of practice, tremendous at getting off the ball, making plays down the field. So let's see him now take it uh, a step further here at the Combine. Really looking forward to see how much Zay Jones can help his stock this week. For me, Cal's Chad Hansen, a player who has been projected to be a day two selection. I don't know a whole lot about him. That's why I want to see how he performs in Indianapolis. Good size. I want to see what kind of numbers and how he does in the drills. Tight end up next. Fran, who will stand out in the drills? Usually when you look for the guys that are going to stand out in drills, a lot of those guys have track backgrounds. So you look at David Joku, the tight end from Miami, a redshirt sophomore from Cedar Grove, New Jersey, just outside Newark, 6'4", 245, was an All-American uh, track athlete in high school, ended up participating for the U in their track team. He jumped just over 2.1 meters last summer. The guy is a freak athlete on the field as well, so really excited to see him work out. I expect him to run well. I expect him to jump well. I'm excited to see how he's going to do in the shuttles. He's going to be a really impressive athlete. Yeah, and I'm going to keep it simple here, guys. O.J. Howard, I think he's just going to dominate all the drills at the tight end position. Really the consensus number one tight end, although Joku, of course, could be a first-rounder as well. But O.J. Howard is the guy at that position. He's a freak athlete as well. I think he's just going to go down there and tear it up in Indy. For me, Evan Ingram, Ole Miss, a player who's extremely productive during his college career, good athlete and good at catching the ball as well. So across the board, I think he'll perform well and help cement his draft stock. Who needs a good workout, however? Fran. I'm going to go with Adam Shaheen from Ashland, and I think that would raise some eyebrows with people because people assume that he's going to test really, really well at 6'6", 277 pounds. I want to put that in context. No tight end drafted in the last five years is weighed in at 277. So we'll see what he does weigh in. He was listed at that weight this past year with Ashland as a junior. Shaheen was really, really productive, and people talk about his speed and his explosiveness in the open field. When I watch him, though, I kind of wonder if some of those plays would not be made uh, against a tougher competition. So I'm very anxious to see how he will test at that frame. I, I tend to think that it won't be as good as some people think in a deep tight end class with lots of competition. I think he needs to test well if he's going to be considered a day two option at the position. And my tight end who needs a good workout this week, I think it's Toledo's Michael Roberts because we saw him at the Shrine game, and he had a pretty consistent week at the Shrine game in terms of catching the ball. I think he's kind of sneaky athletic, but he needs to take it a step further. I really want to see how he sticks up, stacks up, I should say, with some of the bigger names in the tight end group. So I'm certainly keeping my eye on Michael Roberts out of Toledo. For me, John Smith of Florida International, he had the incident that ended his college career where his girlfriend poured scalding hot water on him. How has he rebounded from that? How he performed? Seems like he should be a good athlete. 
Are there any issues that teams need to be aware of? That's who I'm watching there in Indianapolis. Now, who are we most anxious to see at the tight end position? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy in Farrow Brown from Oregon at 6'5", 245 pounds that I thought a couple years ago would could potentially be the best tight end in this individual draft class tore his knee up and they almost had to amputate his knee at a game in Utah a couple years ago. Missed a year and a half's worth of action. Super competitive. I like his athleticism. I thought he was one of the more complete tight ends in the country at his peak. I want to see how he's going to work out. Obviously, we'll have to go through the medical checks and answer some questions off the field, but I am very anxious to see how he works out as well. Tight end that I am most anxious to watch this week is Eric Saubert out of Drake. Again, another guy that I saw at the Shrine game. A terrific pass catcher, uh, had a really good week there in St. Pete, but I want to see if he has become more of a complete player. I know that's kind of hard to see in some of these individual drills and things like that, but I want to see how much further Eric Saubert can take his game to really get his name out there uh, in what's a pretty good group of tight ends. For me, Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech, immense size, moves like a wide receiver. Love to see what he's going to do out there in Indianapolis. Offensive line, who will stand out in the drills? Garrett Balls from Utah it was really, really impressive athletically. 6'5", 300 pounds. Uh, really, he, he's older. He's going to be a 25-year-old rookie, but he's young in terms of football years. He missed a couple years there between high school and then also was late getting to junior college. So he's very green at the position, but the guy is really, really light on his feet. I expect him to look really, really good in drills. And speaking of light on his feet, I'm going with Antonio Garcia, the mm -hmm. tackle out of Troy, because uh, just a, a tremendous athlete, really smooth with his feet, can work his hands well. And he's a guy that you just look at, and the sheer size of him I think is going to wow some people. So uh, I think that he's just going to be you know, uh, an athletic freak here in Indy. Yeah, it's interesting. The last couple of years you have your guys like Lane Johnson a couple of years ago, Jason Spriggs last year, a guy who's just going to really wow people with the testing numbers. I think someone who could possibly do it is Ryan Ramchek, Wisconsin, one year of FBS level play. So certainly there'll be some questions about that. But nonetheless, I think the reason he was so dominant last year was just the fact that he was able athletic to fit into that offensive line and produce. Who needs a good workout? Fran, you're up. Uh, Cam Robinson from Alabama. I think he's probably the most polarizing offensive line prospect in this class. 6'6", 327 pounds. Some people, like me, think that he can stick out at left tackle. Other people, like Mike Mayock, like my friend Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, think that he's more of a guard or maybe even a right tackle. So uh, I think that he's going to have to prove to people that he has the athletic ability, the, the quickness of foot, to be able to stand out at the tackle spot. Yeah, and the offensive lineman that I think needs to have a good workout this week is Forrest Lamp. And the reason that I say that is with a really good workout this week, I think he can cement himself as a first-rounder, uh, which would be huge for him, obviously. We know he can play outside. He can play inside as well. Some teams, in fact, even think that he could be a center. Uh, we'll see where teams actually have him slated. But either way, if Forrest Lamp goes out and he has a really good workout, I think he becomes a first-round pick in this year's draft. I'm going to go with an interior lineman from LSU, Ethan Posick. Six foot seven, really, really tall for a center. Is he able to be able to perform at that height in the NFL? That's something that I think we'll, we'll learn more during the workout process. Who are we most anxious to see? Fran, you're up. Zach Banner from USC, the behemoth, 6'8", 361 pounds. He said at the Senior Bowl that he played at 380 a year ago. Uh, outstanding size, and by outstanding, I mean just kind of freakish. The thing is, is that he came to USC as a basketball player. I mean, the guy played on the hardwood his freshman year with the Trojans, so he's a better athlete than people think. C-Mac, you remember a few years ago when DJ Fluker came out of Alabama, and you could see this guy, I mean, he's, he's probably going to have to move to guard or he's going to be a right tackle, but he's going to get beat off the edge. Banner's got better feet than you would imagine for such a big guy. I'm very, very excited to see him work out. 
And another Temple guy for me here, and it's Deion Dawkins, the offensive, line, the offensive line that I'm looking at here because we saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he played mainly inside. He had a great week of practice, and I really didn't know all that much about his game leading into the week, uh, but he really impressed me there in Mobile. He can play tackle. He can play inside. Really want to see how Deion Dawkins fits in with the offensive line group. For me, Roderick Johnson from Florida State, the ACC's best offensive lineman the last two years. Has the frame, you know, listed at six foot seven, but can he fill out that frame? Is he going to be able to play to that strength in the NFL? That's something I can't wait to see in Indianapolis. Edge rusher, who is going to stand out? Fran, you're up. I'm going to go with Tack McKinley from UCLA. He's got the shoulder issue. Not sure when he's going to get surgery on that labrum, but at 6'4", 265 pounds, one of the most impressive athletes in this class at the edge rush position. He's got everything you want. Every physical trait you could want and what would be a defensive event in this scheme. He's got the burst, the quickness, the change of direction, the flexibility, the balance. Everything that you would want, he can bring to the table. He's a high motor kid as well. Can he get a little bit better against the run? Can he improve his arsenal of pass rush moves? Can he check out medically? That's the big question, but he's a great athlete. Yeah, and I'm going to keep my answer short and sweet here, guys. I think it's Tim Williams, who's arguably yeah. one of the best pass rushers in this group, one of the best edge players. A freak athlete. He can do it all. He's got speed off the edge. Uh, I just think he's going to go out there and have a tremendous week. It's amazing that none of us are going to say Miles Garrett. Yeah. You know, the, the consensus number one overall picks. Right. I'm going with Charles Harris from Missouri. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Immense get off. Didn't play in a great scheme fit for him with the Tigers last season. He should put up some very good numbers at the combine. Now, who needs a good workout? Fran, you're up. I'm going to go with a guy that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. I watched him over the summer, and then he got kicked off of Miami's team, and that's Al-Qadeen Muhammad, 6'4", 250 pounds, uh, lined up at a couple different spots for the Hurricanes as a sophomore in 2015. Like I said, was booted off the team because of uh, some issues with some boosters and taking illegal benefits down there in Miami. They don't really play around with that stuff down there anymore. Uh, but a guy that when I watched him a couple years ago, very versatile. His pass rush skill was developing. I thought he showed the ability to win in a number of different ways, but I wanted to see him be a little bit more consistent. He could really, really help himself in what's a pretty strong defensive end class with a strong workout. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a Juan Price out of Pittsburgh because he's got some good size. It's six foot around 230, but he was a guy, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was supposed to go to either the Shrine game or the Senior Bowl. Uh, didn't end up going to either of those two things, so I think he needs to come out here in Indianapolis and prove himself uh, because I think he's a talented player, but we need to see a little bit more of him. All right, my guy who needs to go work out, Taco Charlton from Michigan. I think people think that he's a twitchy guy coming off the edge. I don't know if he's quite that. The numbers will show us in Indy. Who are we most anxious to see? Let's go, Fran. A guy that's a little bit up and down. You know, I, I like him overall, but Dewan Smoot at 6'3", 255 pounds. One game you watch him and you think, you know what, this guy's going to be a, a top 40 pick and, and looks like a future starter. And other times he kind of disappears. And that was that way at the Senior Bowl as well. So I think that he needs to have a good workout. I'm excited to see what he can do because overall I think he's a pretty good athlete. So I'm excited to see what kind of numbers he's able to put up out there in the drills. Yeah, and the guy that I'm most uh, anxious to see here at the edge rush position is Tyus Bowser because he's a guy who had some off-the-fields issues. I think he had a, gotten a fight with a teammate, caused him to miss some time earlier this season. Uh, his sack number is pretty consistent throughout his career, but can he show off a full arsenal of moves and show off that, that quick speed off the line of scrimmage? I'm looking at Tyus Bowser this week. For me, Tennessee's Derek Barnett because I think edge rusher is an underrated need for this football team, and at that middle-to-first-round spot, Barnett has a good workout. I wonder if he becomes more in play for the Eagles. Let's go to interior defensive line. Who is going to stand out, Fran? 
I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth on this one because in the print piece on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, I mentioned Malik McDowell from Michigan State. But here, I'm going with Solomon Thomas from Stanford at 6'3", 275 pounds. Some people think that he could be an edge guy. I personally think he's better suited to play inside as a potential three technique in a 4-3 scheme. I think he's a one-gap player. I love his athleticism, his change of direction, his lateral movement. I think that he's a really, really high upside potential disruptor maybe even a future all-pro talent at the defensive line spot. I'm excited to watch Solomon Thomas work out. And I think the, the defensive lineman who's really going to stand out in these drill, drills is Jaleel Johnson out of Iowa. 6'3", around 3'10". Uh, he's got the size that you want for an interior lineman. He had a tremendous week uh, down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. So really looking forward to Jaleel Johnson. I think he's absolutely going to tear it up. Let's go to Charlotte's Larry Ogunjabi. Nice. I think he's a disruptive player. He, he plays a lot in the backfield, was very productive for the 49ers there. I think he's someone from a drill standpoint, he's a little undersized, but from a drill standpoint, I think that he will be able to make his mark. Who needs a good workout? Fran, you're up. I think Devon Godshaw is probably one of the more polarizing players in the defensive line group, 6'4", 299. Uh, a lot of people in the media either feel he's a top five player at the position or he's more of a late round guy. I think I'm more of the former. I think he's got the athletic ability. I think he's got the versatility. I like some of the flashes you see against the run, but overall it's just a consistency issue. But he had the off-field issue, was kicked off the team briefly. 48 hours later, he's back on the team. He's going to have to answer for that. But I think with the consistency, the off-field questions, you want to make sure that you round out that week with a strong athletic showing in the drills, and Devon Godshaw needs that. For me, the defensive lineman who I think really needs a good workout is Chris Worm Wormley out of Michigan. Yep. Uh, he, there are a lot of questions about where exactly does he fit. He's six foot five, 297 pounds. Is he better suited as an interior defensive lineman? Is he a defensive end? What kind of scheme does he work best in? We did see him as well in, in Mobile. I thought maybe we could have seen a little bit more from him down there. So I really think that Chris Wormley needs a good workout this week. Along the lines where Fran was going with Malik McDowell, lighting up the combine from a statistical standpoint. I think he needs to have a good workout because his tape was very inconsistent in 2016, was considered a potential top five selection at the very beginning of the college football season. Certainly that's not the case now. He's going to be the Robert Kimdichie mm. of this year's draft class from that defensive tackle position. Not so much the off the field stuff, but just which player you're going to get week in and week out. Malik McDowell needs to have a good workout in Indy. Who are we most anxious to see? Fran, you go. I'm going to go with a guy that if I were to make a list of all the players, regardless of position, that I'm excited to see work out, this guy would be, make my top five, and that's Villanova defensive lineman Tano Passigno, one of the stars of the Senior Bowl, 6'7", 280 pounds. Alex, you were in there in the weigh-ins. In the way you heard the reaction that people had when he walked out on stage in nothing but his underwear. Now we're going to see him work out <laughs> in front of the nation and national TV in nothing but his underwear. <laughs> I'm really excited to see him work out because, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out if he's a D, is, he, is he a defensive end in a 4-3? Is he a D-tackle in a 4-3? Should he just play as a D-end in a 3-4? I want to see what kind of player he is. So I think that athletic profile will help determine that. All right, I've been practicing this name all day off air, so let's see if I get it right here. The guy I'm most anxious to see, Stevie Tuikolavatu. Nice. Stevie Woo! T, the defensive lineman uh, out of USC. And I know some people will go right to his age. He's 26 years old, yep. so obviously a lot older than some of the guys he's going up against. <laughs> Dad. But, but, yeah, really. 6'1", 350. I mean, he is just a horse in the middle of that defensive line. The question with him is how quick can he be moving from side to side? Obviously, I think he fits better as a nose tackle and a 3-4 at the next level. But really just curious to see how he can do in some of these drills. They, they don't really suit him very well, but let's just see what he can do.
Stevie T, we've got Big V in Philly. My guys from UCLA, Eddie Vander does, was at the Senior Bowl. Someone who Phil Savage, our guest will be a little bit later on the podcast, thinks that could be a riser. He's a guy who I want to see. Can he test in time well in Indy? Linebacker, who's going to stand out for him? I'm going to go with a guy that I've got questions about, about in terms of him being a player, but one of the questions I don't have is, is his athleticism. That's Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt. He's got great length, 6'4", 230 pounds. I'm excited to see the overall measurables, but this guy can run. I mean, he, he can play sideline to sideline. He can drop back in coverage. He can play the hook, the curl, the flat, underneath zone. He can run with tight ends down the seam. All the athletic traits you want, he's got it. So I think he's going to be one of the best testers of the linebacker spot. Yeah, when I'm looking at the linebacker position, I think the guy that really stands out to me is Jabril Peppers. And again, it's where does he fit? Is he a linebacker? Is he going to run like a cornerback? He has some kick return skills, so we know he's going to test very well uh, in the 40. I think he'll run probably the fastest time of any of the linebackers. So I just think that Jabril, Jabril Peppers is the guy who's just going to light it up. And the question will still be, where does he fit position-wise? But I think he's going to have a great week. Interesting position group because Ruben Foster, the top guy, is not going to be in Indianapolis. So... I'm going to go with Alex Andaloni from Florida, someone who I think very athletic, has a chance to showcase his talent here. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to stand up from a drill standpoint in Indy. Who needs to have a good workout, however, Fran? Anzalone could help himself and push him day two with a good workout. That was a good pick by you. I'm going to go with Raekwon McMillan, 6'2", 240 pounds. A lot of people thought coming into the year that the junior-to-be was a future first-round pick. I never saw that. My two big questions with him were his overall athletic ability and his reaction quickness. He's got the ability to, to help himself in one of those categories with a strong athletic workout. So I'm very excited to see how he does work out. We'll see if it's more about what I expect, but I do think he needs to have some, a good showing on the field. Yeah, and the linebacker that I think needs to have a good workout is Duke Riley out of LSU because he's on the smaller side. And I think when you look at him, somewhere around the 6'1", 230-pound range. Uh, so the question is, how athletic is he? How explosive is he? Obviously, you know, we've seen the linebacker position change a little bit in the NFL over the past few years, and I think he kind of fits into that new mold of linebackers, but I think he needs a strong workout to really cement himself in this group. For me, Anthony Walker from Northwestern, a player who I know Fran is very high on. The question is, he's instinctive, he's always around the football, but is he going to be athletic enough to play at the next level? Who are we most anxious to see? Let's go, Frank. Walker might have been my pick for this one, but I went with Jayon Brown, a guy that I've got a pretty big man crush on, guys. He's undersized, 5'11", 220 pounds, great special teamer. I think he's a really good athlete and really good in coverage. We met, you mentioned Walker. Walker's great in coverage. He's got really good instincts. Brown is the same thing. He's just a little bit smaller. I expect him to work out really well. I'm probably higher on Brown than anybody that you're going to find in the media, so I'm excited to see him work out from that respect, see if he can stand out in athletic testing. And I'm really anxious to watch Hassan Reddick here with the linebackers because yeah. it's another one of those questions about position. Of course, he came to Temple as a cornerback originally, played defensive end, played some inside linebacker down at the Senior Bowl. So how's he fitting with the group? How does he do in coverage drills? Really anxious to watch Hassan Reddick, who was arguably the best player in Mobile. We're going to be talking a lot about the Alabama defense. I'm going to go with Ryan Anderson. Is he a guy who could possibly be a 4-3 outside linebacker at the next level? He's worked and covered against backs and tight ends at the college level. Want to see how he performs on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's go to cornerback. Eagles fans want to know what the deal is here. Who will stand out in the drills for him? How about a guy that was a two-time All-American in track? He was a two-time All-Conference 
performer in the long jump. He was almost an Olympic qualifier a year ago. I'm going to go with Adore Jackson from USC, a freakish athlete. He's a great sprinter. I expect him to be one of the best overall testers. I, talk, I mentioned it earlier with David Joku. Guys with the track backgrounds are the ones that usually stand out. I think J Jackson has a higher upside than a lot of people give him credit for. 5'11", 185 pounds. He took a big jump from 2015 to 2016. If you want to project and see if he can make that same jump, I think you got a, a really good player. So I'm excited about Adore Jackson and what he can do. Yeah, and at the cornerback position, a guy that I think will stand out, a guy who's kind of been under the radar at cornerback, and that's Rasul Douglas out of West Virginia, another guy that we saw down in Mobile. He's got tremendous size for a cornerback, 6'2", 204, 32 and 1 8 inch arm. So he's got the size, he's got the measurables, and I think he could go out in the drills and really help himself here in Indianapolis. Really excited to watch him. I'm taking the easy way out on this one. Marshawn Lattimore, Ohio State. You know, tremendous foot quickness. Is he going to showcase why he deserves to be a top five selection in this year's draft? Who needs a good workout? Fram. So many corners to pick from. So it's really tough for these guys to kind of separate themselves. So none of them can really afford a misstep. Quincy Wilson, the big question for me with him is his athletic ability, his recovery speed. If he goes and has a bad workout, that's a, a guy that could potentially drop. When you're talking about all the names of that cornerback spot, if all of them test well and he doesn't, that's a way for him to really kind of lose out on that totem pole. I think Quincy Wilson needs to test well. That's my biggest question for him going into the week. Yeah, and I look at DeMonte Casey, a guy out of San Diego State who a lot of people have been talking about recently. The real question that I have with him is his size. He's only 5'10", around 183 pounds, so his size is going to be a question. So I really think he needs to go out and prove his athleticism, prove his explosiveness in order to kind of compensate for those questions about his size. I'm going to go small school here. Brandon Langley from Lamar, good measurable, struggled a bit at the senior bowl. You know, can he put in a workout to make a value or say, you know what? You may need to go back to the tape and see what we have to work with here because he's probably going to need some coaching at the next level. Who are we most anxious to see? Fran. I'm going to go with Sidney Jones from Washington. You know, he's listed 6'1", 170. So you say, oh, 170, that's pretty light, right? No corner drafted in the last five years has been under 170 pounds, and he's six foot one. So that gives you an idea of how skinny he is, and that that's going to be a question for teams, especially if he can hold up in the run game. But he's physical. I do like his ball skills. My question, though, with him is his deep speed. I mentioned that with Quincy Wilson. That's why I'm anxious to see Sidney Jones weigh in and then also work out. I want to see him run the 40 and see how fast he can go. Well, Fran, I'm going to go with Sidney Jones' teammate out there in Washington, and that's Kevin King, who's yeah. been my guy throughout this process here, kind of one of my man crushes. Really tall for a cornerback, and of course some people say, well, maybe he's a safety, yeah. but 6'3", 192. Uh, the question is his athleticism. His instincts, <clears throat> excuse me, his instincts have gotten better the last couple years here in Washington, but how athletic is he really? I really like Kevin King as a player, but I want to see him show off that explosiveness here in Indy. Another Alabama player for me, Marlon Humphrey, and the reason for me is when you see a player mocked to the Eagles in numerous mock drafts, you want to see what all the hype is about, so that's why I'm anxious to see him in Indy. Last position, we're not going to do specialists, don't worry. So we're doing the safeties now. Fran, who will stand out? I think probably the guy that's going to stand out most amongst the safeties in terms of athletic testing is probably Bichard Buddha Baker from Washington, 5'10", 180 pounds. So on the small side for the safety position, but another former track guy. He was a great high school track sprinter. He won states in the, in the relays and the 100 meter out of high school. A lot of people think he's in that 4'3", low 4'4 range. I think Baker's going to test really, really well for the safety spot. 
Yeah, and I think arguably the best safety in this year's group, Malik Hooker out of Ohio State. Had a tremendous season, great instincts when the ball's up in the air, able to read quarterback's eyes. But I think that he's going to go out and just absolutely prove himself here in Indianapolis. Really looking forward to see what Hooker can do this week. I'm going to go small school. Lorenzo Jerome, Fran, you raved about him on the podcast not too long ago. Small school sent from St. Francis. So I'm going to, I think athletically, he's a guy who will be able to set himself apart in Indianapolis. Now, who needs a good workout? I'm going to go with a player from Utah, a junior who declared for the draft. A lot of people thought, oh, he's a potential top 50, top 75 pick. Marcus Williams, who twice for the last two years now has been first team all Pac-12, 6'1", 195, has been really, really productive. He's had a ton of interceptions over his career, 11 total over the last two years. My question with him, number one, is his athleticism and his ability to play the run. If he can go out and have a great workout, now he can show, okay, he's got the great ball skills on top of great athleticism. Now teams that need a ball hawk on the back end might be able to say, all right, we're going to take him when it's in the second or third round. If he does not work out well and he's not a good run defender, that's not a good look for him, and he could fall into the latter stages of, round three, of day three. I think the safety who really needs a good workout this week is Delano Hill uh, out of the University of Michigan. Not necessarily a top-tier safety, but uh, a guy who I saw down at the Shrine game who – uh, didn't have the most consistent week, had some troubles here or there. I think he's certainly got the size around 6'1", 207, uh, where he can be very competitive in the, at the next level. But I really think he needs a good workout to, to really fit into those later rounds in the draft. My guy's going to be Josh Harvey Clement from Louisville. You look back to last year's draft with J. Ron Kerr, someone coming at six foot four. Harvey Clemens is listed at six foot five. So is he going to be able to play, you know, be that single high safety at the next level, have the coverage range with that tremendous size? Who are we most anxious to see? Last section here, Fran. Alex, when you were getting ready to go down to the Shrine game, I said my number one player in the entire event was Louisiana Tech safety Xavier Woods, 5'11", 203 pounds, loved his ball skills. I thought he was really instinctive, a great tackler downhill. Go back and I watch him again, and I want to get a sense of, all right, how does he stack against these big-name juniors? My question with him is his recovery speed, his, his, his ability to play sideline to sideline. So I am anxious to see Xavier Woods go out and test and see how he looks across the board in terms of his athletic numbers against a guy like Jamal Adams, against a guy like Rudy Ford, Eddie Jackson, if he does participate, Buda Baker, a lot of these other big names. I want to see how Xavier Woods looks against those crop. Yeah, and I'm really anxious to see Obi Melifonwu here at the Combine because he's got the size, and he's got plenty of size. He's got size to spare. Six foot four, 219 pounds, very tall for safety, very long, very athletic. I think he'll do great in the drills. He's got very good speed. He's, he'll do great in the broad jump and vertical and all those other kinds of things, but very anxious to see uh, kind of that, see him show off some of that explosiveness uh, in some of these cover drills. So I'm keeping my eye on Obi Melifonwu. My last guy here, a potential riser in this draft process, our friend Tony Pauline says he's getting some first-round buzz. Justin Evans from Texas A&M. Is he a guy like Byron Jones from UConn who potentially, you know, has a tremendous combine workout and is able to go out there and cement his stock? So, time. What we got? 32 minutes and 42 seconds. Well done, gentlemen. I don't know if that's rapid I fire. Got, I don't know who got the over-under on that. We should have set that beforehand, but yeah, we, should. we should keep going to pick six. Now it's time for pick six. We should have even done the bumper. We should have really just like, <laughs> oh, we'll just go right Seconds into to spare it. Here. All right, six players <laughs> where you have to trust the tape. And basically it means, look, don't worry about the athletic numbers. 
when you see them on film, when you watch the highlight film, that's going to tell you the type of players they are, okay? They're not going to be track stars or athletic freaks. They're going to be guys who are just good, solid, productive football players. So I'll start things off, and I mentioned him in the edge rusher segment, Derek Barnett from Tennessee, very productive in the SEC, good technician, is able, good motor in terms of being able to get after the quarterback. I don't know if he's going to light the combine from a number standpoint. So at the end of the day, I think you just look back and say, this is a guy who is going to be able to win off the edge in the NFL. Is that going to be good enough for you? I don't know. But he's a guy who's in that first round conversation. Obviously, his workout will help justify which way he goes. But I think at the end of the day, he's someone you have to trust the tape on. I'm going to go with Mike Williams from Clemson, a guy that everybody's really excited about at the receiver position in round one. I don't want people when he runs a four-five-three to be, you know, burning down the building in, in, <laughs> at Indianapolis. You know, I think that he's a guy that, at his size and his ability to go up and, and win at the catch point, you don't necessarily need him to burn. And I mentioned that in the receiver preview. You look at some of the receivers he's being compared to: Plaxico Burris and Des Bryant, and even AJ Green. All ran in the high four-fours to low four-fives. So if Mike Williams is in that range, don't don't worry. Just pump the brakes. It'll be okay. You're telling fans not to overreact. I don't know how that's going to go. If you have any issues, just tweet at Eagles <laughs> yeah. and Alex will answer. Uh, I'm going to go back to another edge rusher here, and I'm going to look at Taco Charlton out of Michigan because uh, I think he's a solid player, and he's a guy who's getting some first-round buzz. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to end up getting drafted, but I don't think his numbers are going to be great. I don't think they're going to be terrible. Um, but I think if you look back at some of the things that he was able to do at Michigan, you know he's a, he's a root pretty good player coming off the edge uh, so I wouldn't get too worried about the kind of numbers that Taco Charlton puts up this week my second guy and uh, Alex I might let you explain it here Kevin King your boy uh -huh. from Washington do time? I don't know what we do <laughs> to, to me ball skills are there the instincts yes. are there the deep speed the long-range athleticism is going to be a question mark so again and you know look at his size six foot three a legit six three so I don't That's even what? trust the tape. I trust my eyes. That's I right. saw him in person. I saw one game. It was all I needed. You, you saw Kevin one play. King, That's all you needed. NFL Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a really fun player to watch. I'm going to go with a guy that I feel like he's getting a really, really bad rap right now. A guy that was seen as a top 10 pick coming into the year, and a lot of people are soured on, and that's Desmond King, the defensive back from Iowa. We talked with Charles Davis last week on the Journey to the Draft podcast. He mentioned him as a potential safety, and he might be right. I've always kind of looked at him as a, as a nickel guy, as a guy that's going to have to play inside because he is 5'10". He's an inch short, and he's probably a step and a half too slow to play on the outside. So the question is... Where, where is he going to end up in this draft? Is he a first-round pick? Probably not, but the, the guy is really instinctive. He started a ton of games. I love, that his, I love his awareness in man coverage. He's really tough. He's a great tackler, and he's got outstanding ball skills. Those are all traits that win in the NFL at the defensive backfield, and I think that King has that. The question will be his long speed, and he's not going to run well. I mean, I saw him lose a foot race to Cooper Cup. I saw him lose a foot race to Zay Jones, guys that are not seen as great athletes. So when Desmond King does not test well, let's not knock him all the way down to the seventh round I do think that he's got a place in this league yeah and for me my the other guy that I, you really have to trust the tape on it's it's Danelle Pumphrey and I think he's going to have good numbers in the drills especially in the speed drills this year 
But I think the measurements that he comes with, comes in with at the combine are what's really going to take some people to say, uh, I don't know about him. I don't know if he has the size to compete at the next level because I think he's listed at around 5'9 by San Diego State. But when we were down at the Senior Bowl, he came in even smaller than that. Yeah. He was skinny, too. Uh, I think he was under 180 pounds. So yeah. uh, I think those numbers are going to kind of scare some people. But if you go back and look at what he was able to do at that size at San Diego State, he's not afraid to run in traffic. So I think if you go back to his tape, you'll like what you see from Denell Pumphrey. 5'8 and a quarter, 169 pounds, yes. under, under 170. That's not good. Doesn't play that way. Yeah. Give him credit. Does not yep. play that way, but still, it's hard to ignore that when trying to fill out your NFL roster. Those are our six players where you have to trust the tape. So up next are Mr. Relevant with former NFL GM and current executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, Phil Savage. It's time for Mr. Relevant. As we preview the NFL scouting combine, our Mr. Relevant this week is none other than a former general manager, a former personnel executive with the Eagles. Now he's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, none other than the one and only Phil Savage. Phil, thank you very much for joining us here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. Well, it's always good to, to join you guys, and I'm glad you were able to make it down to Mobile uh, back in late January. So, Phil, with the combine itself, from the GM perspective, what do you, what does the GM, what does the team want to get out of those four days of workouts with the opportunity to meet face-to-face -face with the prospects? Well, nowadays, the most important element of the combine is the piece of it that we really don't see that truly takes place behind closed doors, and that's the medical evaluation, because uh, without the club medical staff and training staff signing off on a player and giving you some forecast of his health and durability for the future, uh, you, you're really spinning your wheels uh, before you can say, okay, this is a player that we really want to look into the draft. Uh, beyond that, uh, I do think that because most of the underclassmen that have declared are involved in the combine, a lot of the teams are using this as the first opportunity to get a chance to get in, in front of those players and, and meet them face-to-face. -face. And then, of course, the last aspect of it is, is what we do see uh, on the field and on television. That's the actual workouts. And really, from a scouting perspective, you're always hoping that the players that you graded well during the fall can verify that grade and confirm it with the performance at the Combine. Uh, the tricky part is when you give a guy a, a good grade in the fall and he doesn't do well with the measurables or he, he downgraded him in the fall and then all of a sudden he shows up with you know a big-time 40-yard dash or vertical jump or something that, that makes you feel like you may have missed something along the way. You just led me perfectly into my question, which is going to be when you do have that conflict of the tape versus what you see you know, at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl, how do you deal with that? How do you weigh one side versus the other? And how difficult is it to, to come to a decision on a player like that? Well, in my own experiences, we always tried to, to really put a heavy emphasis on the tape and the actual football evaluation, uh, especially with players that, that we were going to draft in the, in the first two days, the first three rounds. Now, once you get to the fourth round and beyond, if you want to take a flyer on somebody that – 
has some revealing traits or some explosiveness or something that, you know, maybe can a, a trait that can be developed, then that, that's sort of a different conversation. But I, I do think that you go back, uh, you continue to lean uh, on your evaluations from the fall because, uh, again, from my experience, those seem to be the more accurate assessment of what a player is and what he's really going to be versus, you know, an individual single-day uh, performance or single-day, single-event performance uh, at the Combine. Phil, let's talk about some of the guys that you had down there in Mobile this year. Who from that group, from those 100-plus players, do you expect to really stand out out in Indianapolis this week? You know, I thought a player from, from you guys' backyard, Hassan Reddick, the defensive end from Temple, who actually moved to linebacker here for our game, I thought he helped himself more than any of the other 110 players that were, were down here in the Port City. He, he showed the ability to stack the run. He was instinctive off of the ball. Uh, he covered in space. Uh, he showed that blitz ability from depth. Of course, we know that he can rush from the edge, but I thought he really showed the complete package, and you see him now consistently in a lot of these mock drafts as a first-rounder. So I think if he can continue the momentum with a, with a good showing in Indianapolis, that'll secure his uh, place in the draft. A couple of other guys I would mention, uh, Zay Jones, the receiver from East Carolina, was really outstanding here. Of course, Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington got a lot of hype as well. And he performed well, but at least in my view, those two really stood out at the wide receiver position in terms of their ability to separate, their quickness, and then the, the skill set to really go catch the football uh, in their hands. But those two guys, Josh Reynolds from A&M, another receiver, had a good week down here. A couple of players uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, on the defense and the defensive backfield, uh, Obi Melifon was a safety from UConn. Uh, he was very good here. Really garnered a lot of attention. I think people were intrigued by his height, weight, and speed. And he showed some skill, some coverability uh, on the edge, as perhaps being a a big corner uh, one day if somebody wanted to go that direction. So those were some of the names that just jumped to the top of my mind. Phil, you mentioned some of the skill position players. On SeniorBowl.com right now, you guys are doing a great job of looking back at the Senior Bowl prospects and kind of using that to preview the combine. And one name who you wrote about that really stood out to me was Matt Days, the running back from NC State. Phil, you called him the most versatile back at the Senior Bowl. How do you think that he will perform at the combine? And do you think that he, his stock as a potential to increase after the week in Indianapolis. Yeah, of course, Matt was the first NC State running back to go over 1,000 yards uh, for the Wolfpack since 2002. And not only is it his running ability, uh, but his, uh, his still out of the backfield as a receiver, I think will be very intriguing for teams. I'm not sure that any of the six running backs we had or the two fullbacks uh, that were here uh, would be feature backs for somebody, but I think every one of them has a chance to play a part uh, of being a piece of a backfield by committee. And I thought that Matt Days was the guy that showed the most most versatility as both a runner, a receiver, and then 
of course, all these guys need to work on their pass protection, but I thought that uh, he showed enough and a willingness to do it uh, that he could get on the field very early next year for a team that's looking for that kind of that kind of runner. Phil, we saw some really talented offensive linemen in Mobile as well, and I saw that you put together your starting five offensive line uh, of the, some of the players that we saw. So which of those offensive linemen from the Senior Bowl are you really looking forward to seeing here in Indianapolis? Well, I think the guy that can firmly establish himself as, as a potential first-rounder and certainly no later than a second-round choice is going to be Dan Steeney, the guard from Indiana. He also took some reps here at center uh, it, while he was in Mobile. But Dan Feeney is uh, really a good player. He, he played 3,555 plays at Indiana and gave up two sacks in his career. So he's really a functional guard that can plug in and play uh, maybe immediately uh, for a team as soon as this year as a rookie. And then I thought the guy that really was impressive, and Again, I mentioned the word versatility. He might be able to line up at all five positions in a pinch, and that's Ethan Posting, the center from LSU. I thought he was clearly the best center in our game, but he's got the capacity to play guard, either guard spots and right tackle. He's lined up at right tackle at LSU for a couple games. He's never done it at left, but I bet in a, in a pickle, if a team were really in a pinch, he could probably jump out there and give you a few reps. So those were two two linemen I thought uh, are in position, uh, again, where the combine can help uh, really solidify their, their value in the upcoming draft. Phil, one guy I wanted to ask you about, and this would be my last question, would be uh, a player I know you are very intimately familiar with in O.J. Howard. Obviously, you get to see him every single week as the color analyst for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You got him down there at the Senior Bowl. He was a two-year starter, three-year starter with Alabama. How did you think about how he did down there in Mobile? But then also, how high can he go? What is his ceiling in terms of draft slot in your mind in this draft? bit as good as advertised. You know, at Alabama, uh, there was some criticism that he was underutilized. You know, this year he had 45 catches, but that was spread over 15 games. So he was never really the feature uh, pass catcher for the Tide. They had Omari Cooper there a couple of years ago, and then Calvin Ridley and Ardarius Stewart, uh, two wide receivers. Uh, Ardarius actually entered the draft as a junior uh, for this spring. But, you know, they just had trouble getting him the ball. But everyone always recognized the prototypical size, speed, athleticism. He's got excellent hands. His technique as a route runner, his technique as a blocker, uh, you can check off all of those boxes. And uh, to me, you know, he potentially, for a team that uh, was really looking for a tight end that can control the middle part of the field, hey, he might be a guy that could slip into the top ten, I think, in a conservative guess. He's probably going to go 10 to 20 uh, in this first round. But uh, O.J. Howard is a plug-in and play performer right off the bat. And I think he's got pro ball potential once he gets to an NFL team that really knows and will feature him uh, as, a, as a receiver. be very interesting, Phil, if O.J. is on the board there for the Eagles when they select 14 or 15, if they were to pull the trigger. Phil, my last question for you is this. You have some great metrics on SeniorBowl.com in terms of how the players perform during the week of practice. And the fastest practice player 
was San Diego State cornerback DeMonte Casey. Would you be able to give us a scouting report of Casey and your thoughts overall on the talented defensive backs who are there at the Senior Bowl? Because that's a position that a lot of Eagles fans are interested in this offseason. Yeah, actually, I was just going through some of the tapes last night with the wide receivers and the defensive backs. And DeMonte Casey really stood out as, as a cover man uh, in terms of his anticipation of the routes, his ability to plant his uh, foot in the ground and, and break with a burst. And uh, as you mentioned, Catapult was here. They monitored all the players with the GPS system, and he was the fastest guy uh, on a given rep uh, in a practice. But he was very good. Now, he, he banged up his knee, I think, uh, at the end of the week. I believe it was a knee or, or some sort of muscle pull. But uh, he should be fine for the combine. I'm anxious to see what he runs because uh, he did have a, a terrific week. I'd say a couple of other corners to keep an eye on. Tredavious White from LSU uh, created a lot of buzz while he was here. Uh, he unfortunately turned an ankle in the Thursday practice and was not able to play in the game. Uh, but he's a player that the Eagles, I'm sure, would at least consider in the middle of the first round. I don't know that they would take him there. He's probably more of a a bottom third of the first round type of pick for a team in terms of pure value, but he's a, a nice player. I, I thought two other corners to mention. Uh, Jordan Lewis from Michigan, I thought he's got the instincts and the ball skills to be a cover field type of, of player. You guys remember when the Eagles had Asante Samuel? He kind of is in that mold. And then Rasul Douglas is a bigger corner uh that uh, plays, can play into the boundary. He was a one-year starter at West Virginia, but he led the country in interceptions with eight. And I tell you, he's a guy that can get up in people's face, press, and then he's got the straight-line speed to run downfield. So there's some variety in this cornerback class this year. And, you know, if the Eagles don't take one in the first round, there's going to be some other potential candidates in the second and third rounds that, you know, can get on the field and play next year. Cam Sutton from Tennessee. He's another player that I thought uh, stood out down here in Mobile. Phil Savage, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Tremendous insight. We greatly appreciate your time today on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. All right, guys, anytime. Good luck at the Combine. We'll catch up, I'm sure, before the draft. All right, gentlemen, I think we can exhale finally. I had some like fast-paced music playing in my head the whole show. I don't know about you guys, but it just kind of like kept Madden, me going. Like the Madden 2004 soundtrack or like something like that <laughs> kept me going. I think I think all, people should also listen to it at like one and a half speed just to make it even faster. <laughs> yeah. How many? I, I'll be interested to go back and see how many guys did we talk about at the end. Well, of, I was starting uh, to. I guess what? I'm not going to be able to do the math. No, I got it. I've got it right here. It's. Friends, uh, the number crunch. Look, it's 12, 12 guys. We talked about per position. We talked about ten positions. It's 120 guys. So right there, 120 guys and. 32 minutes? We're talking about nine guys per position. Three oh, segments. Don't get into the semantics. Uh, Come on, man. Don't cut this a, part out I just either. had we're a, leave, leave, I just had a shamrock shake for lunch. I can't, I can't deal we're with this We're leaving right France now. bad math <laughs> in, the, in this podcast. Clean it up before you get to Indy. Oh, boy. So, so 90 uh, guys. 90 guys in 30 minutes. That's pretty good. So hope you all enjoy that. <laughs> Fran and I, we are at the NFL Scouting Combine. Alex will be holding things back at the Novacare Complex, so make sure you stay tuned for our coverage 
all week long. That's going to do it for this edition of the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. Special shout out to our producer, Brian Thomas, for making things happen behind the scenes. We'll be back with the Combine Recap Edition next week. Have a great day, everyone.